This product contains strong language, intense violence, two dudes resisting the urge to make out with each other, and excessive discussions related to poop and wieners. The Tilted Casuals podcast is rated M for mature. I have so many things I want to talk about that has nothing at all to do with the topic of this podcast today. I want to hear all about it because that sounds completely new and unlike anything we've ever done before. So original, so unique. Buckle up. Here we go. So first of all, Omni-Man, Homelander, Peacemaker got officially confirmed for MK1. Can you fucking believe it? They surely, surely did. And I am so excited. I am so fucking excited. Like, it was kind of all but confirmed before. Like, it probably would have been weirder if it was completely something different, if it was just a red herring. Like, these days, you could almost believe every single leak that happens, because history has shown most leaks, at least ones that are big enough to, like, hit social media and stuff, are typically real. But I don't know. Something about this one, as soon as I saw that trailer on Facebook, it was like, it's as if I didn't know. I, yeah. it's, it's as if I hadn't heard it already, because the excitement was just so fucking high. Yeah, it's. I feel like, too, with the cast that was, quote-unquote, leaked, was so good. It was almost hard to believe it could be true, but at the same time, you're like, Ed Boon just gets us? So yeah, I don't does. think it's that too obscure of something to expect. Right. Especially since the theming is on point. The theme for like almost all media last couple of years has been like evil Superman. You know, you had yeah. Brightburn a few years ago. You had The Boys, Invincible, um, Suicide Squad. I mean, I know I know Peacemaker isn't an evil Superman, but but still like really not not too good superheroes. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. And with a lot of. Mortal Kombat's past uh, combat past characters, there's usually always a theme to it. Like MK11 was horror movie characters. You had Alien and Predator, you had Jason, you had Leatherface, and then Mortal Kombat 11. I don't, did I say Mortal Kombat 11 or X? The one I was just talking about is Mortal you Kombat X. X. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Mortal Kombat X was the horror movies. Mortal Kombat 11 was almost like, it was a little bit more varied, but it was like 80s and 90s action stars. Terminator, mm-hmm. Robocop, Rambo, uh, even Spawn kind of fit that since Spawn debuted in the 90s. Um, yeah. So Joker was kind of a wild card, but oh well, he was still pretty cool. <laughs> Pun. So it just makes sense that the theme with this one around would be evil superheroes since they're kind of a hot topic these days. So I'm just so excited about this for so many different reasons. One, first thing I want to talk about is how good Omni-Man looks in like the Mortal Kombat graphics. I was pleasantly surprised going from like, you know, flat 2D animation to full 3D hyper realistic graphics. And you're just kind of like, I don't know how that would look reading the leak. Like, I don't know, I guess it could go either way. But then 
It looks fucking amazing. He looks it beautiful. It looks phenomenal. Yeah. That mustache. Oh. Uh, it's almost as delicious. cool as yours. Almost. Not quite there yet. And fucking J. Jonah Jameson is coming back to, to voice him. I know that's not <laughs> yes. his name, but that's what I think of every time I hear J. I see J.K. Simmons. He is J. Jonah Jameson. But he is coming back to voice. I'm sure they're going to get Anthony Starr to voice Homelander. And John Cena. I mean, they're using John Cena's like they're using their likenesses. It's for, literally him. Yeah, like it's John Cena. Yeah, yeah. I can't so see him weird. saying no either. He's no. he's too. Chill. Oh, absolutely not. John Cena would be like, out of all those guys, he'd be the one to jump at being in Mortal Kombat for real. Yes, especially because Arnie was in it. Uh, Peter, uh, what is it? Peter Wellers or something like that, who was RoboCop. All these icons. And now John Cena is in it. Ed Boone's just got the magic touch, man. He knows what to he do. He does. John Cena, he has his finger on the pulse of media society. <laughs> he knows what 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 he knows what makes us tick. We knew that before, but after putting Spawn in MK11, it's like, okay, yeah, no, he really gets us because people have been asking for Spawn forever in Mortal Kombat. He's the perfect character. He said he was saving it for like the perfect moment. I think yeah. graphically, like MK11 was definitely the right choice. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. But I'm I'm very curious to see what these these fatalities are going to look like. Oh my god! Yeah, me too. They could they could literally do anything. Like I I kind of want them to be creative and not pull a whole bunch of stuff from the shows. Like yeah. you know, a reference here or there would be fine, but like at least one of their two fatalities needs to be something completely unique. I, I feel like anyway. Yeah, because they always have there's like, what, 20 fatalities like or itties, I guess I should call them because there's like, you know, the quitality and uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff like and fatality yeah, and fatalities. brutality and all that mm -hmm. shit. So I feel like they can do so much with it, especially the stage fatalities. Like I, w I would love to see like um, a recreation of the, the Homelander like, oh, well, just fucking jump scene like one of those. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. They just do it themselves, you know? And I don't know. And I just hope it's more than just head crushes because there's a lot of head crushes with these characters and it needs to be more than that. Especially Omni-Man. Oh my gosh. First episode is literally, it's just head explosions. Yeah. Like, everyone's I feel, eyeballs are I feel so bad for the cast of Mortal Kombat 1 because not a single one of them could survive Omni-Man. No. Not even Fire God Liu Kang. Like, I know dude restarted the universe, but, like, Omni-Man has got him beat. Yeah, it's going to be like Liu Kang and Raiden are going to put up the hardest fights just because they're literal gods, but... Yeah. I don't Still, know. Still, man. And then with the whole the, the, the duo concept with, like, the, the combo fighting kind of thing, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. fighting with Omni-Man and Homelander <laughs> as a team. Oh, my God. Beautiful. I'm so hyped. This was already like a day one purchase for me, or at the very least a week one. But now this is like, yeah, I'm probably, I may even, I've never done this before, but I may like request a day off from work just to play it because, <laughs> well, I don't know, because the, these combat packs aren't usually released day one. You usually got to wait a little bit for them. So, who knows? Yeah, I think this is the first time, though, that they've like shown off what to expect from like the first DLC pack. Like this no. soon? I don't know. I feel like with Mortal Kombat X, Jason was announced pretty soon. Like that first combat pack was announced pretty soon. But I, yeah, I think it's I been a while. True. I can't remember. Now you might be right. Because I remember um, Goro was like, 
it was the pre-unlock yeah. yeah but you could unlock him just by beating the campaign i think mm-hmm. and then um who is it is that your butthole oh did you hear that no that's <laughs> my my brother has so my two cats are in at the end of the hall i i took their food in there and they're chilling out that was my brother's cat, Sugar, who is in a room closer to us, so she's a little bit easier to hear. She's been quiet this entire time. I don't know what what got her. Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat hype, man. She's excited Sugar's for Mortal ready Kombat. For it. Yeah. <laughs> sure she, <yeah>. is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's Shang Tsung's the the new early. He's the pre-order bonus. Ring. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. Maybe it'll be like a quick two weeks after launch or something if they're dumping Hopefully. the whole because this is the whole pack i mean jason might have been revealed but it's all six people from pack one are already yeah. shown yeah which so we I, haven't I even mean, talked about the other three people uh if, for those of you who don't know which i don't know how you wouldn't it's everywhere but aside from those three omni man homelander and peacemaker uh you've also got Quan chi uh ermac and takita yeah and takita hasn't been in it for a little while now he's right? only he was... been in mkx he was introduced in mkx and he was not in mk11 so this is his second okay. game appearance that's right yeah 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 i'm glad ermac cool. is getting some more love even though i hate that they keep making him more naked each time we see him like his his uh look in mk9 is still like my favorite he looked like a straight-up mummy mm-hmm. um mkx was okay but they like took off a few of his wraps and then this one it doesn't even look like he has any wraps at all he's just He's just making a sense. Yeah, like I, it's like, I mean, I guess it's like uh, the setting wise, it makes sense because it's like the beginning. But he needs yeah. at least the face something, not just a yeah. hood. He's a lover. That's Urbach. what he is. Yeah, yeah Urbach Urbach is so cool, man. Dope as shit. And I don't know. There's, there's going to be a ton of alternate skins and shit, especially if they go like the Injustice oh, yeah. route again, where they have mm-hmm. like, you know, individual cosmetic pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So. I guess I'm we'll glad see. Takeda is coming back. Takeda was a pretty cool fighter in MKX. Um, he was pretty unique, both story wise and like combat wise, with his like dual whips. That's that's pretty cool. So I'm glad mm-hmm. he's getting some love. I don't give a shit about Quan Chi. I don't. Quan Chi's there. He's, he's gonna say he's <laughs> gonna say Adebodoba and then like hurl a skull at you like he always does. That's that's yeah. That's yeah it. It's nothing special. Yeah, he's, he doesn't suck. I'll still play as him, and I'll probably have fun. But, like, compared to all the other reveals, meh. Yeah, that, that's 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 fair. He, uh... I don't know. He's, he's never been one of my favorites, either. He's just kind of... He just exists, I guess. He, he's just... He tries so hard to suck Shang Su, uh, um, Shao Kahn's dick. It's not even funny. <laughs> yeah. I am excited that Kenshi's coming back again, too. He's, oh, dude, Ken, Kenshi is so favorites. cool. Yeah. yeah, especially in Deception. He was like my go to character. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So who do you think? Because they'll probably release a combat pack, too. They almost always release at least a second wave of DLC. Who do you think will be in that one? Like, do you think they'll keep with the superhero theme or do you think they'll kind of move on to something else? I don't know. Uh, I feel like they got to stick within, like, the same realm, at least. Like, if it's not superheroes, it might be, you know, just something from another type of comic in general or somewhere mm-hmm. along those lines. Um, as long as it's not fucking Negan from The Walking Dead again, <laughs> from Tekken, I'll be okay. That's so fucking weird. Dude, I can't believe Walking Dead is still going. Like, like not Walking Dead, obviously, but just all those spinoff shows. And it's like, 
zombies went out of style like a decade ago, guys. <laughs> Especially like, the, the new one. Like, why? Why is it Negan and Maggie? Like, I thought Negan was a bad guy. Like, I don't he just like, blew up your husband's head with a bat. And now you're yeah. like, yeah. like, granted, we'll I haven't out. watched The Walking Dead since season three. So I don't know the story. But like Negan was supposed to be like the biggest bad that show's ever been. And now he's like the main character. And it's like, eh. I love um jeffrey d morgan he's fantastic in everything he's in i'm sure he's he's excellent as negan but like come on yeah from the clips i've seen he's pretty good yeah just make jeffrey d morgan the the dlc fighter like not (laughs) in a roller just jeffrey d morgan that'd be cool batman's dead (laughs) (laughs) he shows up Um, dies (laughs) that's that that's it yeah that's his Um, ability even if they did, I mean, even if they did stick with the superhero one, I don't know who all, I mean, maybe they could pull a couple of DC characters because DC is fairly dark. Like I still, I've said this ever since Mortal Kombat nine. I think Jonah Hex would be a really cool, uh, Mortal Kombat fighter. I agree. Jonah Hex would be sick. Yeah. Cause I mean, they have Nighthawk with like his tomahawks and shit make Jonah Hex. I mean, obviously not a clone of him, but you know, they've kind of already gone that path a little bit. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, it, it, I, I kind of wish that it wasn't strictly like WB mm-hmm. licensure because I think um, like Ghost Rider would be such a really cool oh, addition. To I don't the know Marvel if Marvel Kombat franchise he 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 would be. I don't and Moon Knight too. Moon Knight would be hella cool. Yeah, um, I don't know if Marvel would ever let him be in a in a in a game like this, but if they did, it'd be fucking cool. I think Lord Zed from Power Rangers would be pretty cool. <laughs> Power Rangers character. Um, I don't know. I don't know how far they'd want it. Because like the potential of just like getting comic villains would be mm-hmm. so cool. Because then you can oh, get like so cool. Shredder from fucking Ninja Turtles. Dude. Like a brutal Shredder would be so sick. <laughs> that would be so fucking cool. I know we've already had Hellboy, but imagine like M-rated Hellboy. Yeah. That'd be fucking dope. It'd be like the, the the shitty movie, but cool. God, I hate With our that. R-rated Hellboy that had cool action scenes and then nothing else for the other two and a half hours. Yeah, David. I thought David Harbour made a pretty good Hellboy. Like, I think the casting was fine. He was good. He was fine. He was it was just good. the movie's script was just it was oh awful. so bad. Ugh, that was terrible. I I hate that. That's one of the few movies where I was watching. And I was like, yeah, you know, this isn't good. <laughs> 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 it didn't have the theater effect for me. Yeah, even like the the one the, the the hype fight scene that they like build up to with the the, the trolls or whatever, and then mm-hmm. it was over in I don't know, like thirty five. All seconds. of the good scenes were in the trailer. There wasn't any. There wasn't a single thing in that movie that yeah. was good that wasn't in the trailer already. So if you exactly. just go watch the the Hellboy the trailer on YouTube, you've basically watched the movie without all the bad parts. I hate when that happens. It's always so disappointing. It really is, man. That's why I have a love hate relationship with trailers because I love I love the concept of a trailer. If I, I've always said this, and if I had a one true dream job, it would be like creating like movie previews and stuff because I I love that shit. But at the same time, it's like I don't want it to this to be it. I don't I want there to be other stuff that's in the movie that's not in the trailers that's good. So yeah, that's why I'm always a sucker for for movies like superhero ones and stuff like that that have more than one villain and then like the trailer shows like the side villain which you expect to be the main one and then mm-hmm. you know halfway through the movie someone else is introduced and you're like oh shit right 
I feel like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness did that really well because they didn't advertise Scarlet Witch as the villain. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. But then you're watching the movie, you're just like, oh, oh, okay. And that's part of what made that movie really, really good. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Olsen just mad is oh, amazing. I liked her before, but like seeing her like unhinged Scarlet Witch was like, oh, yeah. Mar- but Marvel's always been really good at casting. I mean, say what you want about their recent, about a lot of their recent movies, but they they have never had a bad casting decision ever. Yeah, that that's true. That's how uh, that's how I felt in the the, the shitty uh, final season for Game of Thrones, where it was like the only positive effect about that was getting to see Amelia Clark as like an unhinged Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah, and it's yeah. Oh, it's fun. Oh, it's great. Yeah, burn me, mommy, please. <laughs> Your dragons can engulf me any day of the week. Did uh, did Margot Robbie have a have a moment like that in Barbie? Did she go unhinged? <laughs> uh, she had like a mental breakdown, but that's oh, about okay, it. close enough. Great movie I, though. I want to go see it. I think I'll have to take Jessica to go see it uh, sometime. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was very well casted and written, and just they cared that's, that's a lot. Making this movie, it was it was fun. Well, good. That's awesome. Glad to hear. But but yeah. So MK One. If you haven't seen the trailer yet for the combat pack it's not even really a trailer it's just like 30 seconds of them zooming out and all the characters coming in but like there's just something about it because because it's got omni-man like doing a superhero landing and then standing up with his hands on his hips like he's a good superman or something um and then you have a couple of mortal Kombat characters showing up you have john cena with a toilet bowl on his head walking in from the side <laughs> holding up his gun um and then you have Homelander like coming down into frame, you know, doing his like Jesus Christ pose that he does in the, in the show. And then like it ends with his eyes glowing red and it's just like, it's chills. It's, it's like the perfect chills. way to tease it. It's so good. Ugh. God damn. I love Homelander so much. Be- I know. He's I that villain him. that like, you're not supposed to love, but it's just like, how, how can you not? He's, he's fucking he's just- insane. Anthony Starr needs an Emmy. Because he plays that character so fucking well. My man eats that shit up. He's so good at it. It's like like that. He doesn't even need to speak half the time. It's always just like his facial expressions. Like when you see his eyes and his like mouth twitch, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, Homelander's going to lose his shit again. That scene where he's talking to himself in the mirror in season three, that's like, like I always knew he was really good, but that's (laughs) the moment where I was just like, oh my God, this man is a genius. Yeah. This man deserves more recognition. Oh God! I gotta it rewatch was, it. Uh, honestly, I should probably because who knows how long until season four comes out. But yeah, I need to. Well, I've heard. Haven't they wrapped? I thought they wrapped on season four, so it may not be too much longer. But I have no idea what's going on with that. With you have Gen V coming out though. Writer that's strike out in September. That's true. That'll hold and off I'm, for a little bit. I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping it doesn't suck. Like yeah. I'm always wary whenever spinoffs and stuff are announced because I'm like, you're trying to make this a bigger thing than it probably should be. But it could be, it could be really good. I've enjoyed the trailer so far. It looks like it's still re- maintaining the, you know, the, the humor and the violence that the boys is, is so there's good. Also, um, there's like that animated mini series or something too. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, I haven't watched yeah, those yet. Called? It's really good. You sh- you should. Oh, okay. Um, since it's an anthology, there are some episodes that are better than others, but for the most part, it's really good. 
There's probably right. only like one or two episodes that are like meh, but the rest of them are very good. That works for me. Yeah. So especially it's not very long. I watched it all in one day. It's only like eight episodes, so it's not super long. Yeah, it's doable. Yeah. I wonder if we'll ever get a game of the boys. Oh, man. What kind of... I don't know what kind of game it would be. I would like a... Create your own character, and then you're forced to choose a path at some point. Would be Oh, cool. yeah. Either go along with Homelander and the Seven or Billy Butcher and the boys. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, something like that would be pretty neat. Honestly... like a, a Telltale game would maybe work pretty well. I was just about to fucking <laughs> say tell, a Telltale-style game would yeah, be really good. I read your mind, buddy. You, you did. But then I want did. full action too, because I want to just play oh, Homelander yeah. and just oh my disintegrate God. people. That'd be so cool. Let me evaporate a city block <laughs> because my oh, soup I got cold. Show. I love that show so much, man. It's not. It's it's one of my favorite things that like exists right now. Like I know that's kind of cringe to say, but like I just really love that show. No, it's it's fair. I mean, it's it's so well made. It's just it's just it a is. fun watch. Yeah. And like not just from like a special effects like superhero violence kind of thing. Like the story is really good. The dialogue is really good. And I'm just it's just it hooks me. Yeah. With, with the premise and the so yeah, it's my only complaint was I wish I wish that the hero gasm episode was just a lot more raunchy. Yeah, like it it had it had a good amount, but I was I was yeah. hoping for more just for how hyped up it was. That's the thing; it was just hyped up so much. I was expecting it to be like more than it actually was. Like if you if you took it, if you don't know anything about it and go in and watch it, yeah, it's probably like oh my god. But after just hearing all the hype from it, it's like yeah, so it's pretty good. I don't know. I mean, good, but the opening scene is yeah something yeah, but. Unless that's the season premiere I'm thinking of. I can't remember which one had the. <laughs> <laughs> they both had to explosion. do with penises. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're th- you're, that's the opening scene. Okay, yeah, yeah. That was, episode, yeah. that was unexpected, especially for yeah, how it happened. Like, that's probably yes. the most shocking scene in the, in the whole season. I mean, even compared to Herogasm. So like, I guess that coming off of that and then plus all the hype from the Herogasm episode, just all that combined was like. Just to think that. Uh, a sneeze causes oh as much god. damage as an A bomb. <laughs> oh my god! You know they 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 wrote that scene in as like a response to like the whole idea of Ant Man crawling up Thanos' ass. Yeah, I remember reading about that. Like the 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 showrunners like heard that that fan theory and they were just like, oh, we could probably do something with this, and they fucking did. <laughs> Yeah, they 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 went in the other entrance though, but uh, yeah. people who are listening yeah. to this who haven't seen uh, the boys or at least season three are probably like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" I know. Just it's, just go watch it. Just go. Even watch having it. someone explain it to you, you're kind of just like, yeah, "You're still right. not prepared for." Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, and then you see it, and you're like, <laughs> "Oh my god, Jesus Christ!" And it's within <laughs> the first fifteen minutes of the opening episode of season three, too. Yeah. Oh my god, it is wild. The what other thing. Yeah, the boys, Mortal Kombat. I'm so hyped. The other thing I'm hyped about before, before, still before we get to the topic of this episode, <laughs> of course. Um, and I'll talk. We'll, we'll probably talk about this one a little less because we talked. We talked a lot about about last episode, but socks saw ten. Uh, we have a synopsis and a poster. Uh, and a phone poster, number. Yeah, so it's a phone number you can call, and it's like Jigsaw talks to you. It's it, they've done stuff like that before in the past with other movies, so it's nothing new. But it was pretty cool. 
know, it's oh, nice okay. to hear. It's nice to hear Tobin Bell's voice again. Um, but the poster is a dude with like this thing strapped to his head because half the people in this franchise has stuff strapped to their head, but it's like tubes that are attached to their eyes, and it's it's actually a really cool shot because they're like head is angled up and the tubes like cross to make an X. Uh, because it saw X, so I think I thought that was really cool, like imagery. But it it just makes you wonder, like, what what is this? What what the fuck is going on? It, it looked it like definitely uh, does. Sam had a good point. They looked like um, you know, like L- like those long LED light bulbs or whatever. But yeah. the first thing I thought of was like those are like plastic tubes, and like things are gonna like go through them into the. It's, it just it it boggles the mind. It like your imagination <laughs> runs wild, but which is, which is one of the coolest things about, about um, this, sh- about, about saw and all the traps, it's just the creativity behind it. So um, the synopsis, and I mean, it explained why, how jigsaw is coming back. Uh, Joe, have you heard the synopsis or is this going to be new to you? Um, It will be new to me. I haven't read it yet. Uh, just give me one second. Leon, just try to call me. Sure, sure, sure. What's up guys. I have no clue if Joe was going to uh, keep this in or not, but I'm going to talk to you anyway, just in case. Oh, we're looking awfully pretty today. Not in a weird, creepy, stalker kind of way, just, y'all look nice. You're beautiful. You're strong. You're powerful. I am strong and beautiful and powerful. I am capable. We are all capable. So, uh, watch any good movies lately? It's been a while since I've seen a movie, actually. Uh, Last one was probably when saw Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves with with my wife and some friends. That was pretty good. It's a good movie if you guys haven't seen it. Even if you're not a Dungeons and Dragons fan, it's still a good movie. It doesn't rely on you knowing anything about it. It's just a fantasy movie, but it's really funny, really good acting, all that stuff. What? No, I wasn't talking about your penis. Oh my goodness. Sorry, uh the wife called and uh Called to tell me that she was stuck in traffic, had a pee, and was bored. So wonderful. Well, did you tell her that she's interrupting our podcast? I did, and she said hello. <laughs> oh, hi, Liana. <laughs> she's actually very lovely. I love Joe's. I love Joe's wife. She's she's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. We like the same fairy smut. So yeah, unfortunately, they just fueled <laughs> each other. Anyway, anyway, the synopsis for Saw Ten. So it's apparently. It's a prequel. Well, not not a, it, it's it's a prequel to some of the movies, not to others. It takes place between the first and second movies. Okay. Yeah, like it goes way back. Um, apparently, uh, John is going to Mexico for like this experimental procedure to, for his cancer, and it turns out that the company is like a fraud. They're just like trying to scheme out of his money, and so John goes all jigsaw on him and like takes revenge on him. So. Oh, right. one of those things where it, this movie absolutely didn't have to be made. I highly doubt it will like answer any burning questions we have, but yeah. it's a, it's an excuse for John to say he's not a murderer, but then go and murder a bunch of these people uh, with cleverly, cleverly designed traps. So I'm here for it. Not necessarily here for the story, but I'm here for, I want to find out what the, what that tube mask is. Damn it. Yeah. better be in it. Little fuckers. Yeah. So, but yeah, apparently Amanda Young is going to be in it. Who I say I don't, I'm not, I, I don't know. This, this, this movie is, this, this franchise has been around for almost 20 years, guys. Um, I'm not going to spoil everything, but like 
it's going to be weird having Amanda Young back, especially since Shawnee Smith is like in her forties now. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I and it's a it's, prequel. It's, <laughs> and it's a, yeah, it's a prequel, so I don't know how they're going to do that. But then again, Shawnee Smith is one of those people who apparently doesn't age, so it might work out. But That's Tobin fair. Bell definitely ages, and I'm just he wondering, has well, yeah, but he's supposed to have cancer, so. Um, I am glad that if they're going to do something like this, it is between Saw 1 and 2 because that's like the only gap where we don't have like a specified amount of time, especially since in Saw 2, you could tell his cancer has really progressed, whereas in the first Saw, you couldn't really tell. So there could have been several months in between that we just don't know about. So you couldn't have done this in between like, you know, 3 and 4, which happened at the same time or between any of the other ones who happened like almost back to back. Yeah. But the gap between one and two is the right space to put a prequel like this in. But I just hope they don't start messing up with the continuity and making. And the biggest thing I'm, I'm scared of with these movies is plot holes, because so far they've done really good at. For the most part, avoiding plot holes with its convoluted ass story, so. It's impressive, honestly, when you really think about it. It is. It's one of the reasons I love the, the franchise so much is because how well how t- man, how well they managed to keep this thing tightly contained. So while I am very much excited for a new Saw movie, I am wary about a couple of different things. So, but I'll have to see. Not holding your breath. Yeah, pretty much. Taking it as it is. Kind of like with the past couple of Saw movies. I mean, with Jigsaw and Spiral, it was the same way. Like, I'm excited for more Saw, but I'm not, like, expecting anything fantastic and because of that i've been satisfied with them i mean jigsaw i don't like quite as much as some other ones but still at the moment and even now i'm just like it wasn't a waste of time i still got some enjoyment out of it it didn't exceed my expectations but it wasn't below them either so fair enough yeah the only thing i'm kind of hoping is that with this one actually bringing john kramer back and actually being a numbered entry in the in this franchise that it's better than jigsaw and spiral was uh, I feel like and it would be hard tumbler, but... to be worse than Jigsaw, but yeah, uh, I opinion. agree with you. It'll it'll almost <laughs> certainly be better than Jigsaw, hopefully. But hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Spiral maybe something completely different, but then again, you know who knows? It could surprise us all, and it could be the best movie in the franchise. Who knows? Wishful thinking, maybe. We'll doubt it, but maybe. Yeah, I doubt it, but we'll see. <laughs> it's hard to top the first movie, man. It really is. The one and two, two are honestly, very good. Yeah, and one and two are definitely the best in, in the in the franchise. Yeah, I agree. Anywho, those are the two things that I wanted to talk about. Did you have anything you wanted to talk about before we continue? We covered mine. It was just Mortal Kombat. I was equally as excited as you were. Perfect. So happy to hear yeah. that. Hell we should yeah. have another uh, tournament with the boys, like we did with Injustice. Oh, it'll definitely have to happen then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be fucking cool. But anywho, uh, yeah, video games. We're still going down our respective uh, lists of our top 10 games of all time. Today is my number six, but I believe you skipped one uh, just because we're going to be talking about it later. So what are you? Uh, my number six is Medal of Honor Frontline. That's what I'm going to be talking about. Joe, what do you have? Yes, mine was Dark Souls, but we were holding off and going to my technically number five, and it's Silent Hill 2. Ooh, yeah! Nice. I'm very excited to talk about this one with you here too. So I'm excited to listen to it. So, but yeah, uh, Medal of Honor Frontline. Uh, this is a series that's been around forever. Um, so most of you guys 
are probably aware of them, maybe even played at least a couple of them, if not if, if not all of them, maybe, who knows. Um, I actually haven't played very many games in this franchise, uh, probably only like two or three, maybe. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to sit down and think about it, but I haven't, I haven't played nearly like all the games in this franchise. So, but Frontline was the very first one I played. Um, it was actually my very first FPS um, because this is one that my dad originally bought for himself. Um, he was never very much big into video games. I think I've said before, but he is into like the, you know, the history things like that. So a world mm-hmm. war two game is definitely, if he's going to play any video game, it's going to be that. Um, I respect it. Yeah. And it's, it's a hell of a good game to, to start, to start off on. Um, <laughs> But what's funny is he could not get past the first level, uh, which, for those of you who don't know, is the storming of Normandy on D-Day. Um, so, hell of a way to open up a game for your very first mission to be D-Day. Like, that sets the tone for the entire game. Yeah. But he couldn't, so he couldn't get through it, so he let me and my brothers try, and we, like, we got through it in one try. It wasn't... Even though it was our first first-person shooter, and so it was weird from a control, from a, like, a control side, we got through it pretty, pretty quickly, so... Um, but that's one of the reasons why this game is on my list because I, that's one of the few games that like we could play like with, with, with dad, like at least in the room and he would like watch us play it. Um, because it's actually very, it's pretty historically accurate from what I know. Like, obviously they took like artistic freedom for some things, but it's not like one of these games that's like, you know, it's world war two, but with like magic and shit like that. No, it's purely uh historical world war ii is just guns and killing germans and shit well killing nazis you know not not all not all germans (laughs) were nazis but let me correct that nazis specifically but but yeah it's uh so it was released in 2002 on ps2 gamecube and xbox i only ever played it on ps2 because that was what we had growing up um and if you've played any Medal of Honor games, they're pretty straightforward. It's a, I mean, especially back in the day, any first-person shooter, it's pretty simplistic. You're just moving around with a gun. You're killing dudes, picking up health packs, picking up ammo. Um, so the gameplay did, is not what set this game apart from other first-person shooters. What really set it apart, uh, first thing that comes to my mind, is the soundtrack. Holy shit. I'm not exaggerating when I say it is one of the best soundtracks ever made for a video game. Even by today's standards, this soundtrack slaps. It was all composed by Michael Giacchino. Giacchino, I'm not sure how to say his name, but he has composed for so many projects, not just games, but a bunch of movies. Um, Like just taking a quick look at his uh, Wikipedia page. um, He scored, he scored up. Um, he won an Oscar for a soundtrack on Up. He, he's he's done a lot oh. of different uh, Disney movies, but um, he worked on Lost. Um, he worked on Rogue One, The Batman, mm. Jurassic World, a couple of Marvel movies. As a matter of fact, he actually was the director of Werewolf by Night, uh, that Marvel Halloween special from a year or two ago. And that was like oh, his first job. So this dude, he's... he's, he's Mostly composing, but he's done a couple of different things. He's a pretty sweet dude. But to me, he'll always be the guy who brought us the phenomenal Medal of Honor soundtrack. Um, I literally downloaded this thing on my Spotify so I can listen to it anytime. It is. 
it's it's orchestral and it is I still to this day I can remember I still have some of these tracks in my head because of how much we listen to them because some of these it's it's not it's not a very easy game like at least at the time for me and my brothers there were a bunch of levels that were really hard to get through and therefore we'd have the soundtrack stuck in our head and to this <laughs> day if you yeah. played a, a portion of that soundtrack I can probably tell you where this where this played like which level so the soundtrack is one of the best things about this game, but it is not, it is by all means not the only good thing about this game. Um, I've already said that the gameplay is kind of simplistic for a first person shooter, but it's definitely not bad. Um, the gun sound, like the sound effects are really, really good. Like the, I'm not a huge gun guy, so I don't know how accurate they are, but from what I can tell, the sounds of like your, your gun firing off and the reload sounds are, if not accurate, they are satisfying. Um, with all the clicks and the twangs and the all kinds of stuff like that. Um, so the, the guns of uh, the pew pews. <laughs> yes. Um, you can shoot like if you, if you do a headshot and you shoot a helmet off of a dude, it makes like a pew sound. Oh, um, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. When you walk over health canteens, it makes like a canteen, like dunk sound. That's really, <laughs> <laughs> it's just satisfying. Uh, there are just so many sound cues and stuff in this game that are very, very satisfying. And I remember we would make fun of the, the sound bites of the Nazis all the time. At the time, I know a little bit of German now, so I'm sure if I listened to them or if I like read the subtitles, I would know what they're saying. But at the time, it was just gibberish to me. But it would they would say things in such a way with like an emphasis or an inflection that was just hilarious to us as like <laughs> nine year olds, <laughs> and we would we would just mimic them all the time. It was hilarious. But and in my head, the graphics were incredible. Though I'm sure if I went back to it, it would be as janky as a PS2 game from 2002 would be. Um, but in my head, I just remember it being this epic World War II game, you know, with tanks and buildings blowing up and shit like that. Um, it's just an epic game. Like one thing that Medal of Honor games did really, really well that I think Call of Duty would then go on to do really well too, but Medal of Honor predated Call of Duty by quite a bit. Uh, the very first game came out in 1999 for the original PlayStation. So it predates Call of Duty by quite a bit. Um, and it was, it was epic. Like it really, whereas the gameplay was simplistic, the, just the scope of it all, the places you would go to, the set pieces, the music, it was all just really grand and epic. And you know why that probably was? Because the series was created by Steven Spielberg. Oh, uh, there it I is. I did not know about that until just now. <laughs> I'm looking up. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, Medal of Honor is a series of first-person shooter video games created by American film director and producer Steven Spielberg. So the scope of it all, the grand like theatrics of it all, makes a lot of sense with Steven Spielberg being involved. Um, he was inspired for the series while making uh, Saving Private Ryan, which that well, actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> if there was ever a Medal of Honor movie, it was Saving Private Ryan. There's a lot of things in the movie that I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's Medal of Honor, especially the D-Day scene. I was waiting for um, the, the relation to happen. Yeah, you know, you know what was going to happen. As soon as you hear Steven Spielberg, I'm like, oh. <laughs> so it's just, you're not going to get a lot out of it gameplay-wise. So if you're into like the fast-paced action and like nonstop bullet hell of a Call of Duty game, you're probably not going to get as much out of 
at least the early Medal of Honor games. But if you're in it for just the experience of it all, because Medal of Honor can be a little slow at times. There was one specific mission I remember in the Frontline game that was more or less a stealth mission. There are a couple stealth pieces in this game, and it's kind of clunky. It's not perfect. I mean, it's it's 2002. It's going to be. But it wasn't all you know, running down the street, guns blazing. That's not what Medal of Honor was known for back in the day, especially not Frontline. It had its moments. You know, it had a lot of, quite a, quite a few firefights. I mean, especially in the D-Day mission. I mean, Normandy Beach, there's bullets flying everywhere. But you're not going to get through this game by running forward and holding down the shoot button. You know, there's, there's a lot of missions with the objectives where you have to, like, plant C4 onto specific things. There, one of the coolest missions in the game is you have to, you, you go, like, almost Hitman on these guys. You have to find, like, a, a, a uniform, like, a German officer's uniform, and then you have to, like, sneak into a mansion just by, like, disguising yourself as this German officer. So it, it even has, like, a Hitman level in it. It's it's really it's cool. Amazing. Um, and that very same level, you're going through a mansion, and you're trying to find, like, these secret documents, and they're hidden in, like, the cuckoo clocks. So you're looking for these cuckoo clocks, and there's a bunch of them, but not all of them are the ones you look for. So you have to look for the one that, like, stands out from the rest of them. So there are actually a lot of really clever mechanics, and each of these levels had something different to keep it engaging. It wasn't the same thing every single time. Um, at the end of the second level, you had to sneak into a submarine, and then the third level, you're on the submarine trying to sneak through it. So it's really cramped. And you're mainly going to be using your silenced pistol the whole time. And the, the sound effects kind of reflect the crampness of it. And all that jazz. It's just a really intriguing and gripping game like the entire way through because of the level structure and what the different things you need to do in each level. That's not just kill Nazis. <clears throat> um, Put a lot there's of thought a level... into it. Do what? They put a lot of thought into it. They really did, yeah. Um, there's a level on the Dutch countryside where you have to go and set some windmills on fire, and that's not something you do in any of the other games. Um, so it's just stuff like that, man. That it, Every level is fresh, and they're all accompanied by this phenomenal score and really, really tight gunplay with excellent sound effects with the pings and the pews and the all that shit. Um. And there's not even a whole lot of guns in this game. I mean, you have your pistol, you have your M1 Garand, which is a staple in, in World War II games. Um, if you ask me, Frontline is where the M1 Garand was perfected as far as, like, clip sound goes. Um, you have your Thompson machine gun, and you have a couple of German weapons. Excuse me, but that's about it. There wasn't a whole lot of weapon variety in this game. And I don't know if you remember this one, kids, but back in the day, you didn't have you didn't have to have just two guns on you at all times that you could switch between. This is a game where you can hold like five, six different weapons, including your grenades that you can just swap to at any time. It was it's, it's yeah, it's crazy by today's <laughs> standards. Today, you're lucky if your game lets you have more than two guns on you at any time. But back in the day, it wasn't just Medal of Honor. Most other games, like I'm pretty sure the original Call of Duty games, you could have multiple weapons on you at any time. So. Yeah, I think so. Because Call of Duty, like the first three were still that World War II mm -hmm. era type game. I'm pretty sure they, they functioned the same. Yeah. And they were fun. Like I. Phenomenal. Yeah, I miss, I wish Call of Duty would go kind of go back to its roots. You know, I know they kind of did with Call of Duty World War II. And I did enjoy that one for a little bit, but it, it's, it still felt like a newer Call of Duty game that just yeah. happened to be in World War II. So 
I kind of wish they would go back to. I mean, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat, Medal of Honor did kind of the same thing with the, the newest games in its series were all in modern day, and they were basically just Call of Duty clones. Really, really um, disappointing. Yeah, especially when they fact, uh, they did the reboot. I remember. Yeah, wasn't very good. The only reason yeah. that I really got the PlayStation Three version of Medal of Honor was because it came with like. Um, it came with a port, an HD port of Medal of Honor Frontline that you can yeah. play on your PlayStation 3. That's the only reason I got that game. Of course. Yeah. And it was real. It was Understandable. Just as fun as I remember. Yeah. Even if I go to play this game today, which I have it on my PS2, it's still just as good as I remember. I mean, it doesn't match the what I felt, what I imagined the graphics were back in the day, you know, just because memories and shit. But the music is just as sweeping. The gunplay is still just as tight. Um, it's it's a it's a great game even by today's standards, um, and like I said, I haven't played all the Medal of Honor games, so I don't know how it ranks among them. But from what I've heard, Frontline is one of the more well received uh, uh, titles in that series. Uh, game Informer gave it an eight point seven five. Um, IGN gave it a seven point nine. So it got really good reviews, kind of across the board. But I, I I don't know how it stacks with a lot of the other Mortal Kombat. Uh, I said it again, Mortal Kombat. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Man, just hooked um, on it. I really am, yeah. Got that but uh, I did play a couple of other games in this series, including Rising Sun, which is essentially copy and paste, but just uh, with like the Japanese theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one starts with the assault on Pearl Harbor. So it starts with another uh, infamous set piece from World War II. Um, but... The HUD is the same. The controls are the same. The soundtrack is is pretty much this. It's not the exact same, but it's I'm pretty sure it's from the same composer. So it's the same level of scope. So because of that, Medal of Honor Rising Sun, Rising Sun is also a good game. But we played that one after Frontline, and so it's it's always going to come second in my mind to Frontline because Frontline did it first. Um, Rising Sun just kind of felt like the second half of that game because it was essentially the same just with a different protagonist and a different set of enemies. Yeah. Um, I also played Medal of Honor Airborne and this is actually available on Xbox Game Pass. It's the only Medal of Honor game on Game Pass, um, which is really weird. I don't know why that one is. I guess it's because it's one of the only newer ones. That's um, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, it's really good and it's different from the other Medal of Honor games. It's not the story is linear in that it's chapter after chapter, but the levels themselves are kind of open. You know, yeah. they're not, they're not huge by any means, but you can kind of just kind of go wherever you want in this little self-contained level and complete objectives in whatever order you want. Um, and it's called airborne because every level you start, you're a paratrooper. Uh, so you start by parachuting in and the, that's actually a pretty neat mechanic. Like you can control where you land, if you can get enough space, you can either botch your landing or you can kind of get a running start to where you, you know, start with your gun up and everything. So that if you lands among enemies, you're ready to go right off the bat. So it's a pretty neat mechanic. It didn't do a lot for the game, um, but it was neat enough to where it was just something different. Um, the multiplayer the had but. the same feature too. I remember. Oh, did it really? That's cool. Yeah, it was it was kind of like that the battle royale risk versus reward kind of thing where you can like, you know, hot drop into a zone, but risk the chance that, you know, everybody else in the lobby is going to drop there, too. And you just get destroyed and you got to respawn right. immediately. Yeah, 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 it was, yeah, cool. I, I it was different. 
Yeah, for sure. And uh, gunplay was about the same. Uh, you know, that's nothing to write home about. It was the same as any other Mortal Kombat game. But <laughs> he did it again. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. God damn it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we'll just change it. Just pretend you're talking about Mortal Kombat. We'll just roll. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're <laughs> the essentially guns. the same game. But oh, and then also um, the other the other Medal of Honor. I, I've played more than I thought. They're just coming back to me. Medal of Honor European Assault. Yes. Um, that one. Because we played that one after we played Frontline and Rising Sun. And it was a couple of years after we played those. Um, and it was it really felt like like, let me see if I can find the Wikipedia for it just so that I can talk about talk more about it. Um, at the time, it really felt like. The next generation of Medal of Honor games. Like it had a lot, it had enough in common with the older games. Like the, you had a health bar that was around your compass and things like that. But it also had a lot of different things. Like you had, uh, you had an adrenaline feature, which to me, that was crazy to have in a first person World War II game. Like this mode you could enter into to like make your, make yourself, uh, more, more deadly. Um, and it had like it almost had like bosses or like mini bosses in each level. You could go and find some like Nazi officers, and they had like a health bar while you shot at them. Um, and they were entirely optional. This one had a lot of. This one also had some kind of open ended levels to where you can go off and find like side objectives to do where you didn't have to complete them, but if you did, it like increased your score. Um, oh, interesting. So, yeah, it's 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 kind of like a cross between more. Um, I'll say it again: Medal of Honor Frontline <laughs> and Airborne. Like it has some elements from both. That was really really cool. And I remember we, we actually played through that, played through um, European Assault quite a bit as far as like playing through the story. Um, and it got some fairly decent reviews too. IGN gave it an eight. Um, Game Informer gave it a seven point seven five. So it didn't do too bad ratings wise either for most most publications. Um, I mean, obviously frontline is still the one on my top 10 list and not European assault just because it's like it's medal of honor in its purest form, um, where it really felt unique. Whereas European assault kind of started to do things that other first person shooter games were doing. Um, but frontline felt kind of like kind of a thing all, in all of its own. And I don't remember what the soundtrack for European assault was like. Um, I, I don't know if Michael uh, Giacchino came back for that, but I absolutely remember with with a lot of fondness the soundtrack for Medal of Honor Frontline. So that one still takes the cake, uh, even though European Assault, I probably got more playtime on, but Frontline is still the piece de resistance of uh, at, at least uh, that series. I'm looking at the wiki right now just to see the releases and... There's a VR game that came out a few years ago. And then before yeah. that was Warfighter in 2012. There's an eight-year gap between games. Yeah. And I don't yeah. even remember Warfighter. I remember the, the prequel to it. Yeah, yeah. But... Warfighter is a sequel to the to the reboot um, that takes place in, in modern warfare. And I mean that's 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 why it's highly forgettable, is because it's essentially Call of Duty, but not as good. And Call of Duty yeah. isn't that good to begin with, so <laughs> But I really wanted to play the VR because it looked really innocent. It looked kind of like Frontline, like with the music and the World War II setting. Uh, Medal of Honor above and beyond. Yeah. But unfortunately, it wasn't for... Good. 
Oh, are they not? I didn't even know about the reviews. They're like averages. Some are terrible. Oh, some yeah. are decent. That's actually not that bad for a VR game. <laughs> but True. I wanted to play it, but I didn't have the. Oh, it was. Oh no, I didn't have the Oculus Rift. I had the um the Oculus Quest. So and it never came out on Quest. So I could never play it. I wanted to though because it looked really really cool. And I'm just glad they made another Medal of Honor game. Like I don't want this series to die out because it it there for a long time it was a really unique series. Uh, it's just when they transitioned to, they just wanted to be another Call of Duty that it it didn't turn out very good. But that's a serious that, issue. Just be yourself, you know. Yeah, like Call of Duty is fine. I'm not the biggest fan of Call of Duty, um, but for what it's doing for like the the modern warfare or even the future warfare scene, it's fine. I don't have any major qualms with it. In fact, most of my qualms are just the fact that they keep releasing it like year after year after year. The individual games themselves are are fine. The ones that I've played, I actually have a lot of fun with, but it's more of just like a, I don't like them by principle. Um, but Medal of Honor, it excels. It just needs to be World War II. Like Call of Duty can exist in the mo- in the modern warfare uh Scape, scope and be just fine but medal of honor needs to occupy the world war ii shooter we don't mm-hmm. have very many of those these days yeah i agree with that so if they would go back to that like and they kind of did with the vr one i just don't know why they just did vr like you you know you could have made it just a regular ass title yeah it's just a shame maybe in five years they'll make another one give it that maybe. eight year gap again <laughs> and you know what really sucks respawn entertainment did that game yeah, that's what I was just looking at. His respawn's pretty good, but yeah. So maybe they'll maybe maybe hopefully they'll yeah Medal of Honor will go back to fucking glory EA. days. Yeah, fucking EA man. And but you know if they do announce another Medal of Honor World War II game like for consoles and shit, I'll 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 get it just because I want that to keep existing. I hear you. Because goddamn man, that game so good. Yeah, I'll have to try to see like in. Uh dig them up somewhere. I don't think I have any copies of any of the old Medal of Honors anymore, but yeah, they're not I hard to find. Local um, shops. I got my copy off of Amazon, I think for like 20 bucks. So they're not hard to find or anything like that. So, but yeah, they're definitely yeah. worth it. If you guys listeners, if you haven't played um, the Medal of Honor games, or even if you, if you played some of them, but haven't played frontline. Um, I mean, obviously you have to have a PS2, but like it's worth it. If you can get a PS2 for like, you know, 50 bucks and then get Medal of Honor for t- Frontline for 20. It's the experience alone is worth it. It's not a short game. You know, it's this is back when single player campaigns were. Well, that's all they had. Single player campaigns. They didn't really do a whole lot <laughs> yeah. of multiplayer. The, the single player campaign is why you bought the game. You know, it's 12, 14 hours long, probably, especially if you're bad at it, because it's not a super easy game. It's pretty hard. So it's definitely worth it if you have the means and the the funds to get it in a PS2 if you don't have one already. But if nothing else, listen to the soundtrack, you know, on Spotify or YouTube or something. The soundtrack alone is it'll give you like you'll understand. It'll give you. idea of what this game is like when you listen to that soundtrack, like we said, soundtracks can easily make or break a game. Yes, and honestly, if we were ranking video game soundtracks, this one would probably be my all-time favorite, like my number one. It is that good. Maybe we'll have to do that at some point. Probably, probably should. Yeah, let's let's put a pin on that. <laughs> that would be mean, a great list. Yeah, it really will be, especially since we're both we're both uh, video game soundtrack guys. Yes, but, very much. 
Yeah, yeah, that's I think that's that's me with Medal of Honor, Medal of Honor Frontline. Uh, all the Medal of Honor games I've played, except for the the modern reboots one, the modern reboots um, are really good. Frontline, Rising Sun, European Assault, Air, Airborne is the one you're going to be able to get the easiest because again, it's on it's on Game Pass and it's a good game. It's not as good as Frontline or Rising Sun was, but it's on. If you already have Game Pass, it's free. I mean, come on, it's really fun. So give it a try. Yeah, I think Rising Sun. And Airborne are the ones I remember the most. Yeah. But I, I've Rising played a Sun few is cool. here and there. Rising Sun is cool because of the Japanese aesthetic. Like, there's literally an ele- a, a, a level where you can ride an elephant, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. With a, with a, with a, with a machine gun on it. So Amazing. Yeah, it's really cool just because of the set pieces. Um, and, and honestly, the Pearl Harbor opening scene is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, Especially since, like, I don't know if you know this, Joe, but I was born in Honolulu um, because my dad was in the Navy and he was stationed there. So I have a little bit of a connection to Pearl Harbor. <laughs> well, that's pretty neat. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So it, it, it Rising Sun is cool because of, like, that aspect to it. But Frontline is, like, the purest form of Medal of Honor. So that's the one I recommend above all others. But like I said, Airborne is the easiest one to play because it's on Game Pass. So give it a try. I highly recommend it. Easy as that. Oh, hold on. She called me again. Oh, Liana. Women. All right. She was just updating me that she got out of the, the traffic gym and told me what it was. She said there was a, a semi truck and the entire thing was like engulfed in fire. Oh, my just, God. Yeah. Actively burning and like one half was just completely black. And she said they had uh, the ambulances and the cops were out, and they had like a whole bunch of dudes in like hazmat suits and shit. Holy shit! Yeah, so uh, you know if the T virus starts, that's probably where it started. You heard it here, folks. When the zombie apocalypse descends upon us all, you heard where it started in New York, Pennsylvania. Where she at? Ah, uh, she, she might somewhere be up there. The Jersey Turnpike by now. Oh, Jersey. Okay, I don't know. Somewhere over there. She Somewhere on the East Coast. She, is she heading home or is she leaving? She's going off to her assignment. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. East Coast somewhere is on fire with zombies. That's all we know. Cool. Awesome. Good thing I'm far away from there. <laughs> yeah. Luckily for you. Not as far as like, you know, I could be, but far True. enough. You could keep uh, heading off west, find an island somewhere off by yourself to avoid the zombies, unless they can swim. Oh man, yeah, maybe they're maybe they're maybe they're them swimming zombies with like floaties, <laughs> like in fucking plants versus zombies. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure there was an exact enemy type that's a zombie with a floaty. Uh, well, that's another game know. I could put on my top ten list. Honestly, if I tried, was plants versus zombies, just because of how much I played that fucking game as a kid. Did you play like Garden Warfare too? No, I never got into those. Are they good? Ah, oh, they're so much fun. They have no right being as fun as they are, especially part two. Crazy. That's funny. Are they online only? I always had the impression that they were like online only games, and that's one of the reasons I never touched them. The first one was the second one. I th- I can't remember if you had to sign in online, but it had like a there was like a campaign mode you can do. Okay, like they pulled the time full two on Yeah, and then there was like side games and split screen and all that shit. And then there was like oh, wow. a big multiplayer focus as well. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I always wanted to, but like, I mean, you know me in multiplayer games. I never really touched them that much, so I never. Yeah, 
I don't know how active they are nowadays, but they yeah, definitely yeah. part two was definitely a lot of fun. I played a, a decent cool. amount of that game. Yeah, I definitely was happy to see that series still going on because very overlooked. Yes, I agree. All right. Well, any Take other uh, final words for Medal of Honor? Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor. Like Stewie, Medal of Honor. <laughs> Honey. Uh, no, I think I've said my piece. It has an excellent soundtrack, and you should go play it if you can. Boom. You heard it here. All right. So that leaves me with Silent Hill 2, and I'm I'm very excited because I know you're not very super familiar with the Silent Hill series. I'm not. No, I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to it as well. Um, it's part two specifically is like a horror fan's wet dream because the development team took a lot of inspiration from a lot of outside horror based sources and different directors and artists and like all this stuff. And they, they took a lot of time and a lot of love went into making this game. Um, like one of the most heavy influences was uh, David Cronenberg, David Fincher, Ooh. David Lynch, a lot of, like the, the Holy Trinity of David's and then <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock. So, you know, people who aren't familiar with each of them, Cronenberg. Uh, so he's very, very famous in the the body horror genre of horror films, mm-hmm. which if you're not familiar with my favorites, what that is, it's like the obscurity of like what you can do with the human body to make it like grotesque and horrifying. And it ties into you know, practical effects and gore and shock value and all that kind of stuff. And um Shivers, Scanners, The Fly are just some Fly, examples yeah. of his movies, which, you know, pretty horrifying bodily feature of a man-fly hybrid thing, I would say. It, it, fits, it fits the topic. Um, David Fincher, his uh, directorial debut was Alien 3, which, depending on who you're talking to, is a good really? or a bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> somehow, yeah. Because he did That's a lot crazy. of writing and producing prior to that, but that was like his, his first film. Um, and then, uh, what else? He had seven, uh, fight club. Oh, the big seven. Ones. Yep. Uh, David Lynch is seven. arguably most famous as a racer head, which is a very niche film. I would say in terms of yeah. if you like it or hate it, cause it's, it's, uh, it's, it's fucking the, weird. Yeah. It's, it's like one of the first like psychological horror movies. I could think of that of like existed it's so weird it's old uh black and white just such an obscure movie like even if you don't like it it's worth just just to experience it yeah and admitting that like okay it was was an experience Mm -hmm. um what else uh blue velvet which is actually one of the movies that they reference in silent hill 2 specifically with um one of the apartment complexes that you visit they call it uh blue creek which is supposed to be like a a twist off of Blue Velvet, and then there was like a famous river, like in the movie, which they just changed to Creek, and it was like a heavily inspired section. Um, and Elephant Man is another one he did, and then Alfred Hitchcock. I think everybody's familiar with him, like the birds, mm-hmm. strangers on a train, and shit like that. Vertigo. Um, but yeah, they were some of the main directors and writers that helped inspire the creation of Silent Hill Two, which. If, if you've seen at least one film of each of these people and then you play Silent Hill 2, you can kind of pick apart um, mm-hmm. aspects of it and be like, oh, okay, I can see where they got this from. Especially Cronenberg's 
I think even though they referenced and thanked Lynch the most, Cronenberg with his body horror definitely makes the most sense in Silent Hill 2 because oh, yeah. there's some weird fucking monsters that exist in, in the whole series. Not just Silent Hill 2, but like all of them. Like like the nurses in general, if you've ever seen the, the bobbly head nurse, they're, they're mm-hmm. super famous. Like everyone's seen at least oh, yeah. cosplays of them with like, you know, they have the weird super dead corpse skin with the veiny legs and they're they're all kind of crooked and they walk weird mm-hmm. and they have the wrappings over their face and then take the face off it's like all distorted and bubbly and pussy and shit which fantastic um, uh monster design yeah super famous it's like one of the most like recognizable i think in like horror games at this point mm-hmm. besides yeah. pyramid head who also came from this game um yeah. but originally the reason that they made them so bubbly looking with the original death when they die was their heads were supposed to pop and like explode but they they, they can't and i think just because of you know graphical requirements and stuff like that right the limits of what they can handle because it would would have been a lot because you you encounter nurses quite a lot in that game Mm -hmm. um but but yeah so it, it, it makes sense in that term um another thing i found out today i never knew uh the story itself silent hill 2 was based off of crime and punishment yeah i was just reading that too and that kind of I had to do a double take because what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then reading uh, into it side by side, like it, it makes a lot of sense. It'll when I get into like the the story of it, it's it's kind of like not necessarily like a a word for word per se, but mm-hmm. some of the main plot progression points are also some right. of the main. You can definitely aspects see aspects of crime and punishment. Yeah, like it it makes sense if you like kind of go back and forth between the two. Um, but. Yeah, and then the uh, the deadly the seven deadly sins were another thing that they they focused on a lot of in this game because um, the main character uh, James uh, every time the story sort of progresses and like new monsters are introduced, each monster is like a representation of a reason of guilt that he's felt mm-hmm. based off of the events that have happened. So there's there's multiple monster types. There's like over a dozen, but each one specifically, the main ones that you encounter the most have some kind of like uh, characteristic tied to a type of sin. And the main one is Pyramid Head, who represents guilt, uh, because the whole thing with Pyramid Head is he's basically James, but it was a way for him to create something put the blame towards for everything that he's feeling. So pyramid head exists because of the guilt that James has, but he couldn't come to terms with it and figure out a way to express it. So there's this monster that's just hunting him, which is his guilt. That's also hunting him. So it's not something that's like super explained in the story, like your first time playing through it, but it's meant to be played twice because there's uh, secondary endings that you will knock. And then the more you play it, the more, pieces kind of start to come together and you're like oh okay i see how this goes but so silent hill 2 uh one of the the big things that i think people usually end up asking about with the game is like is you know is two a sequel to this is three a sequel to that is four a sequel to that and the answer is ish uh they they do have ways of referencing back to each other through like progression and you know recurring characters and stuff like that and people aging but Silent Hill is more or less an anthology. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also kind of just like 
its own entity. It's it's really weird how Silent Hill exists. So the basis of Silent Hill, um, too specifically, it's in the same town, obviously. It's Silent Hill, um, but it's like a different corner of the town. So in in the first game, uh, when you're playing through that one, you're kind of in one section as while you're playing as Harry, and then James is also in the same Silent Hill, but it's like a different area of it. So those two, I guess you can kind of argue that they're more or less a sequel, but even though the, the two characters don't have anything to do with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way Silent Hill works is the town kind of lives like as its own thing, and it draws power from the psyche levels of anybody who lives there or is visiting there, which ends up altering kind of um, the town itself. So there will be different versions of Silent Hill depending on what eyes you're looking through, but they're still existing like on the same plane. It's really weird. So mm-hmm. you can you could be on the same block as somebody else talking to them, but what you're seeing is something completely fucking different for whatever the hell they're looking at. So it's really strange, which is weird because Silent Hill exists in Maine, and I don't know if you've ever been in Maine, but Maine's beautiful. <laughs> it's like the last <laughs> place you'd ever expect to see some fucked up town like this. And I didn't then, know it took place in Maine. I never knew it specified like where exactly it was. Yeah, it's uh, Silent Hill. Yeah, uh, at least two. I don't remember if they're all kind of like the same thing, but I know one and two. They're they're set in Maine. Uh, Silent Hill three kind of uh, it, it kind of it feels like a different location because the Silent Hill that you visit doesn't exactly look or kind of feel the same which i guess makes sense because you're a different character anyway but um yeah but it's weird that it exists in maine because the design and the aesthetic of silent hill was based off of centralia pennsylvania i've heard that yeah with the uh the 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 burning coal mine or whatever yeah so people are familiar there was a coal mining accident in centralia and it existed it's it's underneath the city like the town of centralia had like a big coal mine there's an accident and everything kind of went in flames underneath the town. So all the smoke and the fog, like it would rise up through the streets and it covered the town in like this thick, dense fog for years and years, even until till today, it's technically still burning. You can't really see the fog and the smoke as much, but certain lightings at certain times of the day, you can go to like the cemetery that's over there and you can kind of see it, which is kind of creepy. It's cool though. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's where the inspiration for, the actual design of Silent Hill came from because Silent Hill, if you've played any of them, they're very set on their fog kind of Mm -hmm. adding to the horror aspect, Um, which is, which is something that's pretty cool because for Silent Hill two, they were able to do so much more with the game and they, they incorporated this realistic lighting shadowy kind of effect where they figured out a way, uh, mind you, this is PS2 on two in 2001. So it's, it's a really big deal at the time, but they, they had a way, where if you have your flashlight out shining through the fog aiming at like a wall or something and there's a monster coming up from like the corner just enough to hit the light the closer it gets to you the, like the larger the shadow would get from like the flashlight shining on the wall which it was really cool and it's not really something you pay much attention to until you know until you get older i guess and you start noticing like details like that um which which is a big deal because uh during the the development of the game the the hardest issue that they had was maintaining solid enough camera angles to justify like the work they put in for the lighting and the shadows 
because they were having issues because uh, it's 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 fixed camera angles. It's like the old Resident Evil games. You'd come in from like a corner and you know run. Didn't really have too much camera control unless you were in like an open enough area where you can kind of like look left and right. But the main horror aspects to like alleyways and such were fixed camera angles. And they they said that they had a lot of issues finding the right angle that would also showcase all the effort they were putting into into all this lighting to give you like, you know, like a hidden enemy coming from like a corner that you can't see unless your flashlight's pointing at a certain direction. But they figured it out. It took a while. Uh, and I think I think the uh, the effort paid off because that game is it's creepy as shit, even to this day with the lack of just in-game sound effects outside of your character and like the monsters and stuff reacting to each other because in game there's there's no soundtrack happening everything's either in cutscenes, the main menu and the credits which i'll just take a note uh akira yamaoka jesus fucking christ this guy is like the god of soundtracks medal of honor soundtrack yes i agree it's very good but i i don't know this dude he's done the soundtracks for pretty much all the mainline silent hill games Plus the movies, uh, as well as other. Oh, he like, did the movies and, too. Yeah, he did the movies. Oh, um, wow. He he also did the soundtrack for the uh, the cyberpunk anime, which is pretty cool. Um, he has his own wow. band. He plays lead guitar. Um, oh fuck yeah! Yeah, and he's done a bunch of other movies and stuff like that. And the uh, they actually did um, a full orchestral play of the Silent Hill Two soundtrack. I think like like three or four years ago. Where they 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 played through like the entire soundtrack start to finish with just like a full blown fucking orchestra wow. in this big arena. Yeah, I wish I could have gone, but you know, didn't get to. Uh, but if if anyone has never listened, especially you, to the soundtrack of Silent Hill, two specifically, uh, the theme of Laura is a must listen to because this dude sat and wrote this thing for like days on end trying to perfect it. Uh, Null Moon and Promise are my top three. Uh, is he found a way to get like sorrow, depression, horror, beauty, uh, happiness, peace, like all this shit bundled up into just individual songs. Wow, multiple times throughout like a whole fucking video game series. And if you ask any fan of Silent Hill, like the first thing they'll probably ever mention why they love it is the soundtrack. It's it's just it's so good. Even people who have never played the games have heard the soundtrack at some point, and they're like, wow, this is, this is really fucking good. I do uh, remember, because I haven't played the games, but I have seen the movies, and I do remember the soundtracks being really, really good. Like, that's one of the, yeah, the better things about the movies. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Because the first movie, I'll I'll defend tooth and nail that it's it's a good movie. It's a good... Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's a good adaption of the games. It did what they could. The second one, not so much. They tried, I guess. I don't know. Um, but... But yeah, uh, very good soundtrack. Highly recommend just anybody who loves listening to the OSTs on their Spotify or whatever. Just add all the songs to your playlist and just chill and just listen to them all. They're beautiful. Um, yeah, so the game, uh, you, you play as James Sunderland. He's the main character. He's just a tall, white, blonde dude in a dirty coat. Just lost in the sauce, I guess. Uh, it could be any of us. It could be any of us. Uh, he ends up in Silent Hill because he receives a letter from his wife, Mary, uh, saying, you know, if you want to find me, pull up. I'm in Silent Hill. 
you know, meet me there. True. And he's like, well, you've been dead for three years, so this is fucking weird, but I'm going to go anyway. Like any normal, sane uh, husband would do, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, if my dead wife wrote me a letter three years later, I'd be like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. I'm going to go there. So he does. He ends up at Silent Hill, uh, just parked off in a little parking lot, looking at a lake, and wanders through like a cemetery. That's how the game opens up. And uh, you're introduced to uh, an obscure cast of characters. There's uh, there's Eddie and Angela, and they're just your kind of generic run-in-the-mill, runaway, edgy teenagers. Uh, and then you meet Laura. She's an eight-year-old. She's kind of a bitch. Not the biggest fan of Laura. She's kind of an asshole. She's a straight-up just dick, a dick to you instantly it's like yeah your wife's dead because of you piece of shit and you're just like what the who the fuck are you i just like, met you <laughs> jesus christ you're fucking mean dude and then uh maria is like the key character that you kind of meet because first of all she looks just like your wife so it's it's weird and her name's basically the same uh and she's kind of like the only one who's nice to you and kind of follows you around um but she ends up dying like six different times throughout the game. So it's kind of weird when she's always back again. Uh, but James is like, you know, whatever you can, we'll hang out. It's all good. Um, but then tying back to the town, kind of pulling off of your mental state. Uh, as you progress to the game, you, you encounter like the, the side characters multiple times and they kind of get their backstories opened up. And, you know, each one has their own trauma that they're kind of going through. And that's why they're all also in Silent Hill. It's like a hub for just depressed people, essentially. Because, uh, you know, Lexapro is not good enough, so everyone just wants to go to Silent Hill. Uh, <laughs> you gotta try some Balta, guys. Yeah. So, like, for example, uh, Angela, the one teenager, you find out that she was sexually abused by her father and ends up running away and ends up in Silent Hill. Um, Eddie was just... He was basically bullied his whole life and in like an act of just aggression and not knowing what he's doing, he ends up killing a dog. So he didn't want to, but it happens. So he, you know, runs off, ends up in Silent Hill. Um, and then uh, it kind of opens up to kind of explaining like how everybody else is there and like why they're there. And then James kind of feels better about the fact of all the shit that he's seeing. Cause like, he's not the only one, you know, these people have also been living here in a sense. Um, and then, as a, as the story progresses, James starts to kind of get bits and pieces of his own life that he basically tried to shut out and ignore to the point where his altered version of his past is his reality now, what he's believing as, you know, what's true necessarily wasn't true and Silent Hills kind of bringing it out of him like, you know, you've you've shut this part of your your past out. I'm bringing it back. And this is like the truth. So there's a part in the game, spoilers, whatever, uh, where James sees a like a vision of himself in the past when his wife dies and he's the one who caused it by smothering her to death with a pillow. And what happens is based off of the just the, the deadly sins that I was I was talking about is it was it ultimately becomes like the sin of um of lust and then guilt kind of all tied together where his his wife was terminally ill and she was dying for like years and years it was progressing getting worse and worse 
and you know he turns to like alcohol and all this kind of shit to kind of deal with his problems and you know they're not having sex anymore so he doesn't know what to do with himself and it's all these thoughts and shit are kind of brewing so eventually he kind of just snaps kills her and then i guess just from the whole trauma and experience of it all it's shut out in his mind that that's not actually what happened she passed away on her own from her cancer and somehow he gets a letter from her and here he is in silent hill kind of realizing who he is as a person and then that's when uh pyramid head is introduced as a character and then that's when the self-reflection starts happening and he realizes towards the end like oh this is me i was this monster all like more or less the entire time and pyramid head is basically like his his own punishment um and then all the the individual monsters that you see in the game are not the same ones that someone else would see because they're created based off of what his mind thinks what his emotions are feeling look like and he's chased by all of his thoughts and like his darkness and all that kind of stuff um and then one kind of neat thing that happens throughout the game as you're kind of piecing things together more and more, because you always have the the letter in your inventory and you can kind of check it and read it whenever you want. And as things start happening more and more, less and less of the letter exists. So it's, it's like slowly kind of deleting itself. And so the point where the letter eventually just like completely physically disappears. Um, it never existed then, in the first place. Yeah, you could you could say that it's it's a it's a possibility. Uh, and then from that point, that's like it's basically kind of getting to the end of the game. Um, and then it, it branches off to there's six different endings, which is pretty cool, because at the time this is pretty wild, I would say. Um, so the endings are all kind of based off of uh, how you progress throughout the game and the things that you do and find and shit like that and how you how you did things um like there's you know like there's like pacifist modes and shit like that you can do without killing people and monsters or whatever and then that'll lead to one type of ending yada 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 um but the main difference uh in a couple of the endings is when you're finishing the game the final cutscene, you're on a rooftop and you either run into mary or you run into maria so the the main ending or like the easiest one to get, I guess, per se, is the leave ending, which is uh, James on the roof. He meets with Mary and the letter is still in his pocket and he reads it one last time. And then he kind of just accepts it. And then he's with Laura, the little girl, and then they just walk off and leave Silent Hill together. Um, in Water, I think, is like the most talked about one because it's the most realistic one. Um, where it ends with James back in his car, his wife's dead body is in the trunk, and when he arrives at Silent Hill for the first time, because the the spot that he ends up in, it's uh, it's just like a old, it's just a parking lot and like a park kind of thing, and then there's like a staircase down and like a railing, and then over it is just it's just water, uh, and he just straight off into the lake and kills himself and has his wife's body in the car with him, and that's how that ending happens. And then the the final main ending is the Maria ending. And with this one, uh, you see Mary on the roof and he ultimately like defeats her. He like kills her or whatever, and then convinces himself, you know, this was just like a hallucination. This never even happened in the first place. My wife's been dead for three years, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, and then he leaves with Maria instead. And they leave Silent Hill together. And then there's kind of a scene where um, they're they're walking off together and she starts coughing. And it's supposed to be like a subtle way of saying she's going to get sick now. And then you're going to be forced to just live with this ongoing cycle of her getting sick. She dies. You don't know what to do about it. You end up in Silent Hill and then you're forced to kind of relive this this past as like your present day, like forever. Which wow. Yeah, it's pretty deep. It's kind of crazy. And then those are the only three endings you can get on your first run. And then there's secondary endings that you can get after that, which only happen on uh, like a replay. Um, so and they're all kind of they're weird. They're just weird fucking endings. Like none of them are like canon, quote unquote, even though the creators of the games always said that they never actually truly picked a canon ending for any of the games. It's kind of just open to interpretation of how you think the game should end. But these ones are kind of like the ones where you're like, all right, these are obviously not the endings. These are a little absurd. So the first one is uh, Rebirth. And that one is basically James finds some like magic voodoo shit and he just tries to resurrect his wife from the dead and turn her into like a zombie wife. Um, the dog ending was the ending that I got on my original first like full progression playthrough. Did it again because I like the game so much. And it's it's literally just uh, a Shiba Inu in like a computer room and just typing away and shit. I've and then there's seen that. yeah he he barks and then there's like subtitles and it's saying like oh i was like the mastermind behind this whole thing like none of this is real it's all <laughs> this and that and it's and that's it like it's just like what the fuck <laughs> and yeah it's 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 great and then uh there's the ufo ending where it's uh a bunch of aliens and then harry from the first game just abduct james in a ufo and that's Ow. that's the other ending <laughs> yeah um there was also um, Born from a Wish, which was like a side chapter that was created in the special edition version of Silent Hill. And then the I think it was in the HD collection as well, uh, where it's like a short, like one or two hour uh, pre chapter where you play as Maria when she arrives in Silent Hill because she gets there before before James. And it's kind of playing through her first experience in Silent Hill and like convincing herself not to kill herself as soon as she gets there because she's also um, met face to face with her past and like all her experiences and stuff that have led her to Silent Hill. And then there's like a little voice in the back of her head saying that she's going to meet someone while she's here and she should hold off and wait and all that. So eventually uh, I think it's like the third time she's about to just like completely give up and just say, fuck it. She's like, uh, whatever i'll i'll wait and i'll try to find this guy and then it leads up to her seeing like james pull up in silent hill and it's like a little it's just like an extra thing it doesn't really add too too much unless you're just like a, a like a lore freak and you just like getting the most out of the game and seeing kind of more of maria because she's the one who shows up the most she has like the most impact on james probably mostly just because she looks like his wife but it's pretty cool wow. and uh yeah the uh the game's we're always very highly praised. Silent Hill 2 is the one I think that has like the highest ratings. It's always recognized as, you know, one of the best PS2 games, one of the greatest horror games ever made. It kind of in, it it basically like reinvented the survival horror that like Resident Evil 1 and 2 and 3 kind of brought to the table, but they were they were more focused on, you know, 
like the action side of survival horror. Like mm-hmm. There's ways to go about all those games without fighting anything, but like, you know, you're given a little bit more resources to go about it. Whereas Silent Hill 2 and the other Silent Hill games, like your first weapon's like a, a fucking wooden plank or like a crowbar. And that's it. You're not like a fucking cop on like a patrol mission that ends up in a, a mansion with, you know, a pistol and 500 rounds of ammo and a bunch of like med kits and shit like on mm-hmm. on you already. You're just a just a basic dude fucking lost somewhere in some weird town. And you're just like, oh, I'll pick up a flashlight and a crowbar, I guess. <laughs> and then one of the most memorable things, though, from Silent Hill 2 is just your, your your first encounter with your first monster. And I remember as a kid, I was watching my my brother in law play this game uh, and it, it freaked me the fuck out. Uh, he, he just got it. And I was over, and he's like, oh, this game's cool. I was, I don't even know how old I was. Uh, September, I'd have been eight, like eight or nine. Uh, and he's playing this game, and, you know, I watch him go through the, the, the graveyard and all that shit, because nothing really happens for the first, like, ten minutes, but there's enough, like, ambiance and atmosphere to convince you that something weird's going to fucking happen. Because uh, you hear all these noises and shit, and then you're kind of just like, I got to get out of here. And then that's when you get the, like, the flashlight, and uh, and then you end up actually in the town now and you're going through an alleyway and you hear like the, the same noise that you've been hearing since the beginning of the game is like this weird, like squelchy, draggy, squishy kind of weird noise. And then you you come out of the alley and you're into like the open. Someone's road. masturbating. Uh, <laughs> someone's someone's getting it off. Uh, you get you get to an intersection. It's like a big road. It's when they, it, like the, the screen's like fully open. You can kind of actually see like full surroundings, not just walls next to you. And there's a there's a long blood trail. And of course, playing a horror game, the only thing you can do is be like, I, I guess I'll follow that. So, yeah, <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah, it's fucking gross, fresh blood going on for half a block. It's fine, whatever. So you turn the corner, you follow it up, and then there's a car. The door is open. The blood trail stops right at the door. And then James is like, you know, sauntering over like, oh, I guess I'll see what's going on. And then there's a dude. He's dead. He's got no face because there is a thing on the floor that looks like a big, a big bloody booger was just, he's just eating it. And he's just a, a face soup. He's got no nothing. And the thing just kind of looks up and it starts going like, it's like coming at you and shit. And you're like, what the, what the fuck? Jesus so Christ. Just, you know, it's either run or you just <laughs> beat the shit out of it with your little fucking crowbar thing. And it's it's just like it's like the one scene that just like always stuck with me because between the atmosphere of the game itself, just being in Silent Hill with the fog, the it's just dark as shit. There's barely any lights, and it's like the shitty street lights. Uh, there's no sound effects happening except for the the monster. There's no music. There's no nothing. The only thing you can hear is that, and then your footsteps like slapping on the the concrete, and then. You finally see it. The camera kind of pans in, zooms up to the car, then pans back. And it's just like, you know, the, the game is just like, keep going. <laughs> we got you this far. You might as well go see what the fuck's happening. And then you're just greeted with this thing. And it's it's like the first, it's like a really good introductory to the kind of shit you're getting yourself into playing this game. Because wow. then there's a whole mishmash of weird shit like this that happens. And it's uh, it, it just it just sticks with you like the first time you see it. And I think it's, it's amazing. Because all the games... They always have like a great way of just introducing the game that you're playing. Like like Silent Hill 3, uh, when you start off as Heather and you're at the weird, creepy carnival kind of thing and there's the the Robbie the Rabbit 
uh, stuffed animal mascot things, and they're all it's people in like a big rabbit costume, but they're all dead. When you encounter them, there's just like blood all over them and shit, and like the carousels like creepily just like spinning slowly around, and you're kind of wandering through, and just, everything's just gone to hell. Uh, Silent Hill one was like the same way with like the thick fog, and you're slowly kind of introduced to a monster going through like a really tight alleyway, and then four. Uh, you start off in first person, which is weird, um, because like the main hub is your shitty apartment building, and there's like a big hole in your wall that grows more and more, and you're in first person, and like the only thing you could do is because everything's locked up, like you're chained from the inside of your apartment building, and the only thing you do is crawl through this creepy hole, and you know the game's like, oh, do you want to go through the hole? And you're just like, I'm a guy, of course I'm gonna go in a hole. Like, what else do I do as a male? And then. There you go. Claw through the hole, and then you're in fucking weird-ass Silent Hill kind of shit, and there's just shit happening, and they've just always been so good at just setting you up, building up the atmosphere, and then just blindsiding you still, which is weird, obscure shit, and it, they just, it just works so well. And every time I talk about Silent Hill, it makes me sad that PT turned into Silent Hills turned into fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. Because it was going down such a amazing road like i felt we were finally going to get just like a really good new silent hill game because all the ones previously for the current gens at the time for like 360 ps3 were not the best playable like okay they're all right i guess but we needed something and you know it it just seemed like it was going to be so good because guillermo del toro was involved and he's like another master class of horror like you can't go wrong with him you know just like that whole the whole dream team that was involved with that project and then it just it went nowhere and it's it's just so sad it's all because of konami ironically the whole people who brought this to us for the first time were the same ones that destroyed it and i just can't forgive them even though we have a whole lineup of new silent hill projects that are coming out and Mm -hmm. the, the new game so far seems like it's off to a good start um because there's uh, there's some good people involved in that project. I forget the the manga artist's name. I'd have to look it up. But he's a uh, he's real heavy in like the the horror manga side of things. And uh, I just I hope it goes well. Um, so I love Silent Hill. It's one of my, one of my favorite horror series of all time. There's so much to it, and it just it just never gets old. And I feel like it's 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 structured so much stuff for just horror in general coming off of it that they, they just they just made so well and so many places and games and movies and stuff try to replicate it and i just i don't think anybody can do it as well as like the first four silent hill games i don't like the room that much silent hill 4 i do have to replay it again to give it another chance but silent hill 1 2 and 3 for sure phenomenal they, they've done everything right and i i just i love them so much yeah i got curious um Silent Hill 2 on the PS2 is on Amazon for $200. Yeah, Amazon's probably not the place to go. I mean, nope. they're going to be expensive regardless, but your best your best chance is to try to go to like a thrift shop or like a retro game store and see if anybody mm-hmm. has a copy of it. Yeah, I may have to do that because I, I like survival horror. So, I mean, Resident Evil and, and, and Dead Space, not so much, but still. So it sounds like I would like it. But at the very least, if I can't find it, uh, Bloober Team is making a remake of it that will probably be out in the next year or two. That um, is true. And we're in kind of like a renaissance of horror game remake, so hopefully it'll be good. 
It's um, I don't I just I don't know why the the first game keeps getting skipped over. Like I I don't get it. The closest thing we had was Shattered Memories, which was basically like a retelling of Silent mm-hmm. Hill One, but then it was also kind of just its own thing. It was really good. Shattered Memories is a very good game. Um, but you know we have like the HD collection for 360 and PS3, which is just Silent Hill Two and Three. The first one got ignored. Number four got ignored, and now we're getting a remake of Silent Hill. Two. Why did we skip the first one again? Why does everyone ignore fucking Harry? Like, I don't know. He's the trendsetter, man. I guess because two is like the the epitome of the franchise, and I guess if they're gonna do one, it's gonna be that one. But yeah, no, no, that doesn't seem fair. Yeah, like it it makes sense because it's the most popular. But even when they announced it, like everyone, like me, like this game is in my top ten games of all time. I'm like, why did we? ignore one again it just keeps getting forgotten man like it's not a bad it's old if anything it needs it more than anyone else yeah because it was an original playstation title yeah it was fucking ps1 and it looked like shit but it's such a good game (laughs) but like why are we ignoring it man like give this one a remake and uh, you want into they're also just making a a brand new entry silent hill f yeah yep that's the one I'm I was like, briefly mentioning. I think there's a movie coming with it too, and then there's like Return a, to Silent Hill, which apparently yeah. is going to be directly based on Silent Hill Two. Yeah. See. Yeah. Why not? Well, one? The, the 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 2006 Silent Hill movie is is more or less based on the original game, so at least we have that. But yeah, that's true. Silent Hill F apparently is going to take place in 60s Japan. Did you, did you know that? Yeah. There's there's a lot of really that's cool. Crazy like lore stuff that they've been talking about with that game. Like the, uh, the, the main thing that they were going for was like, it was like music was like the inspiration behind it. Oh, interesting. Cause, cause the F is the, the, the music. Oh yeah. It's like the, the, like the sharp or whatever. Yeah. And I, I love the, the poster for it. The weird, like blossoming face thing of like obscure flower shit. I don't know what it is, but it looks really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So the future of Silent Hill looks to be pretty popular, pop, uh, populated at least. Yeah, I just, I don't know. A- after like the cancellation of Silent Hills, which is like, and then hearing all the horror stories of just like how shitty Konami treats like its employees and stuff like that. Because there was that whole, I don't know if you remember that. Like once, shortly after Silent Hills got confirmed to be getting canceled, there was the whole, um, like leak of. Like their employees and their working conditions were dreadful, like absolutely terrible. They all got shit, and uh, there was like a whole there was like walkouts and stuff like that. Um, and it kind of just I don't know. It like rubbed me the wrong way because that was the whole reasoning for uh, Hideo Kojima for his like leaving once his contract broke from Konami. He was able to get out, started his mm. own company and shit like that. And it was because Konami was just not. Nice. <laughs> they didn't handle yeah, things that. well. That really yeah. sucks. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It's It was just so weird to me. Like, I get from the creator's perspective, like, Kojima, Del Toro, and then Norman Reedus was involved with it. And, um, like, does Konami just not want to make money? Like, <laughs> Right? <laughs> you have, like, that- a, this powerhouse. Like, Norman Reedus is so popular. He's a, he's a great mm-hmm. guy from everything that I've heard. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's he's a he's a pretty decent actor. There's like nothing wrong with him. He does like the, he's he's very typecast and he does his roles well. Hmm. He has a face that everyone recognizes and loves. Hmm. And then you have the powerhouse of Hideo Kojima, who's 
weird as shit, but like the dude is so he's, weird. Guy. He is great at making just obscure storytelling. Dude's and he, he does it so just, well. Yeah, his his yeah. mind is bizarre. And then you have it's the, like the, the Japanese brilliance. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, and then you have the actual Guillermo del Toro, yeah. who is a horror writer, a master storyteller. He's he's like poetic in the sense of the way that he like tells his stories. Mm-hmm. And they're all fucking meshed into this this trifecta of just perfection. And they're making arguably like one of like the most popular franchises for horror in general mm-hmm. and bringing it to like a whole new light because like the pt demo was like insane that shit was crazy. oh yeah <laughs> and then when yeah. you beat it it ended up being a silent hill trailer and you're like what the fuck yeah i remember and... when that happened and i mean you know i'm not a silent hill guy at all but even that when i when i heard that i was like oh shit that's yeah. pretty fucking cool yeah because there was like all these weird little secret ways you had to figure out to actually like beat the trailer and one of it actually like involved like talking into your controller and shit. Like it was, it was crazy, and it was like, it was huge it all, at the time. It was all for nothing. Like that's the biggest waste of potential yeah. I've ever seen. Because the reveal was so good too. Because it it ended, it led out to like the, the Silent Hill theme song kicked in, and then it panned out, and then you saw the character turned. It was mm-hmm. fucking Norman Reedus, and then yeah. Silent Hills <laughs> popped up on the screen, and everyone lost oh their shit. Yeah, yeah. And then we got a full trailer. I remember it was like two weeks after like the the hype was out and there was enough time for, you know, spoilers to not even be a problem anymore. And then they put out the full trailer, like the actual one revealing like a Silent Hills game is coming out. And it was really cool because it was weird. I don't know if you remember that one of it was in first person again. And it was like uh, like a ball kept bouncing or some shit. And it was like perspective of like a kid going after it and then eventually this thing just like pops out of a door and it's just like this huge monster that just keeps getting like closer and closer to the screen like a big hand comes out and it was like silent hills or whatever and then that was it and then they canceled it like two weeks after that it's like what are you doing (laughs) it's like the worst case of fucking blue ball i've ever had in my life oh my god for real god damn but I don't know. Hopefully this new shit that's coming out, I, I hope I hope no one else gets involved to try to fucking ruin it or change it too much. <laughs> and we just we just get good Silent Hill shit out to the world again. The franchise yeah. deserves it. We need more good, good original horror games like the remakes are great. Dead Space, Resident Evil 4. Like, yeah, but we need more original good horror games. Yeah, because hopefully, you know, Dead Space specifically, we can get a sequel remade and then we can actually get for the first time a Dead Space 3. That would be mm-hmm. really cool because yeah. that does that doesn't exist at all. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Action shooter space co-op. Yeah. War I like Dead Space 3. OK, I fully admit that it did not need to be a Dead Space game. But aside from that, I enjoyed it. Ugh, I, I probably would I have enjoyed not. it more if it wasn't a Dead Space game. Yeah, I did. I did not enjoy Dead Space Three at all. It made me That's very perfectly mad. fine. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I got for the beauty of Silent Hill Two, a masterpiece of horror. That's awesome. Yeah. It's cool how we both had like PS2 games with phenomenal soundtracks. Only a few months apart, too. 
Yeah, yeah, 2001, 2002. We were pretty. This is probably like the, I mean, aside from us both talking about Soulsborne games eventually, this is probably like the closest we'll ever come to overlapping. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we had our first person game, but Halo and Bulletstorm, I don't think are uh, nah. comparable. No, <laughs> no. Quite, These quite were, different in tone. Yeah, Medal of Honor and Silent Hill are closer together, I would say. Yeah, definitely, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, setting and tone and feeling wise, I would say Normandy mm-hmm. and Silent Hill are uh, probably pretty close in what they were. Probably. Going for. Yeah, it's a <laughs> bunch of gray, probably some fog involved. People yeah. dying. Sadness. Yeah, nothing but sadness. Yep. There you go. We made it happen. Essentially the same game. Yeah, it's it's got a war in Pokemon all over again. It's uh, all over again. It's the same game. <laughs> yeah. What uh, I think you may have already said, but what do you think of the Silent Hill movies? I I do like one. I enjoyed. I watch one usually like once a year. I go back to it. I I think it's a very well made movie. Um, it's really cool. The way that it was set up, you could tell that the directing team and the writer and the producers and all that gave a shit about the the source material mm-hmm. because it, it did a very good job of retelling it from you know like a live action perspective. And I think they they got the tone right, they got the monsters and all that right. Oh, yeah. Um. Two. Uh. They. I don't know. They tried too hard to kind of like. Be like, yeah, we played Silent Hill. We know a whole bunch about this series. We can make another movie about it. And it was just like all these mesh, like meshed up references from like the other games and stuff kind of throw into this just like big jumbled pot of shit. And it just it didn't work. I think it was kind of like this the same way with um, Welcome to Raccoon City, where I did enjoy it. It was it was it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. And after, you know, watching some videos and reading stuff about it, the the director he loves Resident Evil, and I think it was just a case of like biting off more than he could chew. Mm-hmm. And he he tried putting too much references and you know proof of playing the games and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it ended up just being a lot in yeah. such a short film. Like it was only like eighty minutes, and that was yeah, the same thing with Silent Hill too. Like at least half an hour longer. Yeah, it needed like a good 30, 45 minutes more to for that to make sense, especially mm-hmm. because. He was incorporating like the first three games into one movie, which is the issue, because that was the same thing with Silent Hill 2. The movie was like five games thrown into one and it Mm. it didn't work that well. Yeah, Um, I remember I saw Silent. I saw Silent Hill Revelation in theaters, actually, Uh, weirdly enough, with my grandma, Um, my (laughs) My grandma on my mom's side is a huge horror movie fan. Like you would not believe she even watches like the cheesy B movies on sci-fi. Anything horror. Yeah, it's it's insane. She loves them. So when we were kids, anytime a new horror movie came out, she would take us to go and see them. Uh, And Silent Hill Revelation was one of them. And that's the only time I've ever seen it. I can't tell you a single fucking thing about it other than that it was in 3D. I don't even know if you watch it in 3D. Um, Yeah. But the first one I remember quite a bit about because I mean it's it's the it's the better movie, and even though I Sean didn't Bean. play Silent Hill from from what I know about it, it's pretty darn close. Yep, Sean Bean, he's in it, and Sean Bean is in it, and he doesn't die. He lives. Spoiler alert: the man fucking yeah. survived it. He did it in yeah. Silent Hill of all places, even though he probably he probably wishes he was dead at the end of the movie. But uh, yeah, one of the most depressing endings to a movie, honestly. Yeah, 
it was it's it's ending sucked like in a fucked up emotional way also uh apparently the snow john snow's in it too is he it really yeah what is it kit hold on no whatever his last name is i don't see him in the cast list in the first movie I swear, I'm pretty sure it's him. If not, he has a it's Kit Harrington. I don't see him on the cast list. Let is me look at. I swear to God, it looks just like him. I thought it was John Snow. Oh, he's in Revelation. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's he's in the does. second one. Yeah, he's in the second one. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, and the the girl who played uh, the little girl, um, Jodell Furland. Holy shit. <laughs> That girl is terrifying. Oh, yeah, she's fucking creepy as shit. Yeah, she's 28 now. Damn, she's almost as old as me. That's insane. What else has she been in? Um, Bunch of horror movies. She was in Case 39. I remember that. She essentially played the same character. Um, <laughs> She was in The Cabin in the Woods? Who is she in Cabin in the Woods? Oh, oh you know, I bet she, that she, like, was in um I bet she was in like a lot of makeup or something like that. She played one of the monsters, I bet. Uh yeah. That makes sense then. I don't know. But anyway, um yeah, the movie is 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 probably one of the better uh video game movies. And I'm sure it'll be whenever we eventually have an episode about video game movies, I'm sure we'll talk about Silent Hill because it's probably one of the better ones. Yeah, for sure. Especially from, you know, that era when there weren't a whole lot of good ones. Yeah, I don't know what was up with that, man. It was just too much shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it was so hard to make a good video game movie. I mean, I, I understand why it would be difficult, because it's hard to translate something that's as interactive as a video game into something that's not interactive. But, I mean, it should have been easier than so many movies made it look like it was. You'd think all you would need is one or two people who actually played the game and knew what the fuck was going on to just kind yeah. of guide the rest of the, right. the cast. I was right, by the way. Uh, she played uh, the the zombie redneck family. She played the daughter. Oh, okay. God, Captain in the Woods is so fucking good. I love that Such movie so a good much. movie, man. Holy it's shit. I've been watching um, on YouTube. Do you ever watch Dead Meat on YouTube? Do I watch Dead Meat? Of course, I watched. <laughs> I I just discovered that channel a couple of days ago, but I've been like binging their kill counts. Um, and, and James and Denise, I love that man. Honestly, that's one of the reasons I've been binging him is because he's such a delightful guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he's so cool. But and and one of the ones I watched was The Cabin in the Woods, and it just made me once again. It reminded me how good a movie Cabin in the Woods is. Yeah. Did you? Uh... Did you, you notice that they have their, their cameo in Scream? What? Yeah. They had a, at the time when him and his, his now wife were getting married, they did a trip beforehand where they visited the, the original Scream house. Huh? And in Scream, uh, I think it had to have been five. I got to double check. Uh, but he has a cameo, him and his wife, they're being played on the TV in the background on Dead Meat, the Dead Meat channel. Oh, for real? Yeah, it was like a secret he held from the community until the movie came out. Oh, that dude, that's little... fucking cool. Yeah. James A. Yeah, I'm looking really on his IMDb. Yeah. Oh, Chelsea's his wife. I didn't know that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Scream. Okay, there. It's the only movie that on his IMDb. The rest of it is dead meat stuff. That's cool. Yeah, it... Good for him. That's awesome. 
Yeah, it, it was really neat. Um, yeah, they, uh, they're married now. It's pretty cool. Good for them. Uh, yeah. And then... Uh, so likable. Oh, fuck. It's, um... Hang on, I gotta Google it. I forget. Honestly, I mean, I would probably like that channel regardless just because of its subject matter. But one of the big reasons why I really like it, why I keep going back back to it, is because of him. He's just such a likable guy. Right? He's so fun. Because when when uh, he was on his break because of like the wedding and all that, um, the guy that took over, too, was, he was really chill. Um, yeah, Zorin. Yeah, he, yeah, that was it. I only saw really him well. in a couple of episodes. I think he did the collector movies, but like every other episode I saw was James. And I was like, where's Zorin? I kind of like Zorin too. He's, he's the editor for dead meat. That's right. Yeah. Cause uh, he, he, he did the full, the tremors um, series too. Zoran Zoran Gavoyich. What a name. It is intense, but yeah, man. So the, yeah, the, just that episode of dead meat with cabin in the woods. It's just, Every single time I remember that movie, I'm just like, God, that's a good movie. It is. I I, I, I could go back and watch that movie all the time. Totally could, too. It's it's phenomenal. It's like it's basically like a modern version of like why Scream became popular. Yeah, it's where, meta. Yeah, it, it was like the whole, you know, mockery of like the horror genre, calling out all the tropes and all that kind of shit, but doing it well enough for it to stand on its own. Mm hmm. And it just, it just, it was amazing. Yeah, it's it's so fucking good. L- listeners, if you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, go watch it. It's one of the, it's honestly probably one of the greatest movies ever made. It is. I, I, I love it. It's so good. It's yeah. funny as shit, too. It's hilarious. Oh, my God. Uh, fucking Brad Whitford and the other guy who's in, I can't ever think of his name, but they are perfect in that movie. It's also a proper horror movie. Like, there's tons of blood and gore in it, and it's good effects, too. It's not, like, cheesy or anything. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Fucking uh, Heather Langenkamp. She married them. How do you spell her last name? Oh, she's the first one that popped up. Langenkamp. Yeah. Never heard of her. Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh! She she married James and, and, and Chelsea? Yeah. That's fucking perfect. Yeah, it was like a, this whole it was like a big just like a horror theme kind of thing going on for the wedding. Wow, she's, she's really good friends with them. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, that's what I was trying to find. I was like, oh, who the fuck was it? I couldn't remember who it was. I'm like, I know she's been in some horror movie. I can't remember which which final girl it was. She still works in horror movies. She's uh, like a producer, uh, writer, director. She. She also worked in a uh, special makeup effects coordinator in Cabin in the Woods. There you go, man. Look at her. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's dope. God. I watched one a, a Dead Meat episode on Friday the 13th, the, two, the 2009 reboot. I remembered how good of a movie that one was. God, I love that movie. The Final Destination movies, and it's another franchise that I love to death, even though they're not very good. Yeah. All of the Saw movies. He's uh, I've I found so many obscure horror movies just because of his channel too. Yeah, <laughs> there's a ton of that's a channel that I'm glad I got into because there's just so much content I can binge. It's not like he only has like you know five episodes out or whatever. It's there's endless amounts of content I could watch. 
They have a podcast as well, too. I saw that and I thought about starting it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool that he brings guests on and stuff like all the time. That's very cool. Yeah. What a dude. Shout out to James A. Janice. Yeah, and you're you fucking stumble upon us. We love you. Yeah. And your dope ass name. <laughs> it's it just sounds it's fun to say. James A. Janice. Oh, man. Phenomenal. I love horror. Same. Such a cool genre. We'll do a whole horror episode at some point. We'll have. Yeah, we'll have to time it around Halloween. That'll be like our Halloween thing. We'll do an episode of just horror games. Yeah, I agree. We need it. You know, it would be funny if we also did games that like are not horror, but like still scared us when we were little kids. Oh, man, I can come up with some good ones. Yeah, I I can, too. (laughs) Unintentional horror. Yeah, it'd be hilarious. I'm down. Yeah, me too. Hear it here, folks. If Halloween comes and goes, we haven't done that. Hold us to it. Sue us. Uh, well, I uh, I guess I'm good then. Yeah, that's about all I got. Yeah. So next week, I'll go to my number five, in, uh, which is Batman Arkham City. That's nice. I'm excited for that. Yes, and then I'll be on my four, technically, and that is Shadow of the Colossus. Ooh, that I'm looking forward to talking about, because I have played that one. Hell yeah, finally, we did it. Finally, yeah, finally a game (laughs) that I've played. (laughs) Took long enough. Yeah. But, all right, thank you everyone so much for listening. Um, We have a website, go check it out. Um, You can... Support us through. We have a Patreon. Um, Joe, what's the? How do they find the Patreon? I'm. A, it's linked on our website for sure. Yeah, it's on our website. If you go to the support section, there's a little drop down for the Patreon, but it's just Patreon.com/slash/TiltedCasuals, and then our website, of course, is just www.TiltedCasuals.com, and you can and we also find everything there. Have merch. We do have merch. We just got some things set up today. Well, by today, since we record prior to Sunday, uh, I mean, this past Thursday when you're listening to this, but it's up as well. Uh, Only a couple things for now, but we figured we'll see how it goes and we'll add some stuff uh, down the road. If y'all y'all like it, help uh, give us some money, you know, help a brother Uh, out, help Help two brothers out, help a brothers out. (laughs) Yeah, just a couple of stickers, cheap stuff, but hey, they're pretty cool. Yeah, get the point across, advertise, you know, whatever. People be like, hey, that's pretty neat looking. What's that? And you just tell them, yeah. you know, it's a cool your podcast. podcast. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, we're on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and are we still on Twitter? We are indeed yeah. also on Twitter. Is it still and, Twitter? Uh, Did it change to X or whatever the fuck Elon Musk changed it to? You know, the URL is still Twitter.com, but when you first go on it, uh, the loading is X, and then in the top left, the Twitter logo is no longer there. It's just an X. So I don't know Weird. if you have to wait for the the domain to expire to change it, but yeah, I guess it's uh, okay. it's just whatever X. it is. We're there, so we're there. Twitter uh, X, Twitter, Twitter X. Yeah. Give us a follow, share with your friends. We we really appreciate the the sharing with other people. The word of mouth. That's how we're gonna uh, really get to growing. Yeah, so we can only know do so much. Who, you know. Yeah. But, uh, social media wise, it only goes as far as it can. So right. the rest is if up you, to you. If you know someone who's into podcasts and video games and maybe podcasts about video games, hey, recommend them to us. Yeah. A couple for, of uh, 
idiots who talk about video games for way too long and things that are not video games for also way too long. Yeah, exactly. Is this the season's like halfway over now? And then we're moving on to uh some more things for the podcast too. So Yeah, for those of us who are wondering what the fuck we're gonna do when we get to the bottoms of these lists lists, uh, we have things planned out. So we have quite a lot planned out already. Yeah. So So don't you worry your pretty little heads about that. Yes, we're just we're on that uh pumping out the content train right now. Mm-hmm. And then once it stops at the station we're hopping on to a whole nother content station, so mm. do not yep. fret. Hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. Perfect. All right. Well, Joe, am I missing anything? Merch, podcast, uh, Patreon, website, social media, all that. Stuff. You guys know the know this by now. This is twenty twenty three. The drill. Oh, when, yeah. well, this one goes out. We'll have our uh, our new song, our intro song, at least. So, Ooh, oh, will we have it for sure by this episode? Yeah, we have the intro done for sure. I know our outro is still being worked on, but uh, yeah, let us know what you think about the new song. Yeah, shout out to our buddy Sam. Yeah, our homie Sam threw it together for us for uh, what he thinks is free, but he will be getting paid somehow. So fucking you can only chat. hide for so long. <laughs> we will come to your house and we will kiss you on the cheek. And lick you and force you to make us more songs. Yes. <laughs> but anyways, thank you everyone so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you guys and we will see you next week. We sure shall. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye now. Goodbye.